0: This is JJ Outlaw
1: and she outlaw, and we
0: are back with a brand new episode of the Gourmet Cooper podcast. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to giggle. Um, I'm your host, JJ Outlaw, and every day you can find me on social media on I know it used to be called Twitter, now it's X. I'm going to call it Twitter. Sorry, Elon, what are you going to do? Um, Twitter at JJ Outlaw. You can find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober, and every show I'm hosting, I'm privileged to be with my BFF, that dude, the Dark Desperado, the Head Peanut.
1: The Head Peanut.
0: Yeah, the Head Peanut, like Franklin. The Top Peanut?
1: Okay. <laughs> I'll
0: main, take it. The mean Peanut. <laughs> my hubby, aka T-Outlaw. How's it going? <laughs>
1: It was going well up until I I heard the, am I the dark peanut?
0: I didn't call you the dark peanut. I said the mean peanut, the top peanut. Frequency your sure dude, I was trying to give you credit.
1: The HPIC?
0: <laughs> no, that would be, no, yeah, the HPIC, you're right. The head peanut in charge.
1: That's right. <laughs> Say it with your chest.
0: The head peanut in charge. <laughs>
1: I am that guy. Anyway, hi, kids. I am T-Outlaw. You can find me on social media at T-Outlaw on that, I don't know, dumpster fire network. And also on Instagram at T-Outlaw Chelsea Wells.
0: If you are on Facebook, and apparently a lot of you still are, you can hit us up at the Gourmet Cooper blog. Why? Because the Gourmet Cooper used to be and still is a blog. (laughs) So you can find us at thegourmetgoober.com where you can get everything from recipes, old press appearances. And this week we have a new blog post where you can find out where you can get your best deals for National Coffee Day, which is coming up on September the 29th. Let's get all that freebie and caffeinated stuff that you can. Because shit's expensive and it's free. <laughs>
1: That's right, kids. Get lit on well, caffeine.
0: <laughs> I want to apologize for the listeners for having a fit of the giggles when we first started. And I probably should have stopped the mic and, and re-recorded. But Big Daddy and I, just to show you how the sausage is made, sometimes we, we have conversations before we go on mic for everything on, you know, post-production to how we sound and all that good stuff. And I don't know, I just got it in my head, and I've said this on the show before, that sometimes I feel that I sound like a Midwestern Valley girl.
1: Like a Midwestern Valley girl.
0: Yes, I can't help it. I mean, I, I think it's like a cross of many things. The community in which I grew up in, that weird time in which I studied journalism where you're not supposed to have an accent. And so I actually took classes in order to how to get rid of it because they wanted everyone to sound the same and just a whole host of things where, you know, it's, it's, it's really, how do you put this? Like your verbal presence back in the day, remember the back in the day where they taught us in J school that we shouldn't have a hint of an accent because if they watch you on CNN and like the South, they should be able to, align with you as a presence on camera as someone that grew up in the big city and so on, right? And so now I have this, like, weird cadence when I speak that when I listen to it on the mic because I was considering an email that I got, you know, inquiring about a voiceover opportunity. And I think I got in my way because I was just like, dude, no one one wants to hear me read something. And then you told me that, yeah, you should – you know, take a deep breath, not getting in my own head, and then, what was it, talk like Oprah or think like Oprah?
1: Yeah, and think then, like Oprah.
0: And then that's when I told you, Oprah talks that way because she has the <laughs> undercurrent of confidence that she has a freaking billion dollars behind her. So she doesn't really care what y'all think about her on the mic.
1: Well, she I'm does not, <laughs> And while true... Okay, think like 1986, (laughs) Oprah, if that helps you.
0: (laughs) Better clarification.
1: Yeah. It's like you just have to, like, have a presence and just think, (laughs) if you want to convey a voice, you will, you know, speak out in that manner. Now, granted, I know that I, this is, I'll tell you how, you know, my chicken is cooked here. Okay. Okay. One of the things is, like, I speak low. Right. I speak, sometimes I'll go in and out, but the thing that I started to do was to take a deep breath, start thinking about what I say in, of all people, this is no lie, and 90% of the people in the world are never going to remember this name. But do you remember a long time ago, there was a an announcer and personality on the radio named Shadow Stevens?
0: Oh my God, yes, I remember Shadow Stevens. Yes. I have a question, Shadow Stevens.
1: Yeah. Shadow and Shadow Stevens him. likes the sisters. Hey. <laughs>
0: just saying he was invited to the cookout.
1: Okay. Did not know we were going to go that direction, but
0: yes. <laughs> anyway, but, you were saying.
1: But no, I pretty much, much just said that, yes, <laughs> I freely admit that my voice starts up like Shadow Stevens, and it pretty much probably ends up like Dave Chappelle or something.
0: Okay, that, that's that's a weird swing. I gotta
1: say, I gotta from Shadow
0: Stevens to Dave Chappelle That is a weird swing Because then you gotta wonder Which Dave Chappelle Is it like regular Dave Chappelle Or is it like You know Dave Chappelle As cocaine as an drug Dave Chappelle <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something yeah. different
1: <laughs> My voice goes Cokie after <laughs> never- in I'm sure sometimes also goes as Gary Coleman, but hey. <laughs> me and whoever.
0: Well that that's your fault because of what you did in college.
1: What do you mean what I did in college?
0: Remember when we had that like thing in college where remember in the dorm you tried to pass off a picture of Gary Coleman as you? That was not you.
1: That was me.
2: It was not you.
1: <laughs> okay. Why why do you believe that I would just randomly have a picture of Gary Coleman just in my wallet for no reason?
3: Because
0: I know you. You would probably do that just to bully people.
1: No. You forget
0: I have been your friend or been with you for most of our adult life. Yes. Tell me you would not do that.
1: Okay, so here's how this went.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Explain it for the listeners, who are probably wondering.
1: No. When I was a little kid. Like okay. little little. You know, when you have like your baby pictures and or like you know, your little you know, when you have your like school day pictures. Right. All these pictures throughout my life have been me. Like for the most part, when I was a little kid, I looked like Gary Coleman. I just I'm not gonna say that I am Gary Coleman, but no. <laughs> no. I you looked play like that. Gary Coleman. So I always carried around this little young picture of me and that's just the way I look. But I freely admit uh-huh. that I was a summer intern at a small Midwestern university Mm -hmm. and at the end of the summer session, when they were, you know, at the end, you know, taking the headshots, Uh I just looked busted that day. So between myself and the chief editor, we just decided just to have fun since it was a summer session. And I just sent my, you know, my picture in With with Gary Coleman's.
0: Now, some of the listeners out there are wondering who the hell is Gary Coleman, and to which my response would be, Google ask is your free, mama. <laughs> ask your mama, or if you turn on MeTV <laughs> or catch something on allblack.com, you could probably find an episode of, Sh- of Different Strokes. Also, check out YouTube. <laughs> yes. So, yes, Big Daddy once tried to portray a picture of Gary Coleman it's him.
1: <laughs> okay, and I freely admit since my my face has very much changed <laughs> I've gotten much, much uglier. Oh, I, I still substitute. Yeah, I still substitute Gary Coleman sometimes for me. <laughs> okay.
0: I don't know how we got on this subject, and I'm pretty sure everyone at this point is like, What in the actual hell? So let's do it again. This is our show. <laughs> Every episode we connect where we talk about the intersection of food and pop culture this show is actually really super special because we have three segments of the show one where we talk about our week and just be insanely nuts on the mic which is what we're doing now apparently (laughs) talking about gary coleman instead of our week rest in peace gary um we have our three stories of course that crosses the intersection of food and pop culture, which we'll dig into it for a minute. But you guys are going to want to stick around for the third segment because we had the opportunity to interview Ms. Dominique Washington, who is the president and CEO of Spice Up by Dominique. And it is a really fun interview. She has this really great seasoning line that's Black-owned and women-owned we had a great opportunity to just chop it up with her and we talk about everything from her passion for service to even getting into big Daddy's all important brisket recipe and seasoning we may have even talked gumbo you never know
1: <laughs> am I worthy
0: yes, yes.
1: thank you <laughs> one day I will see this gumbo
0: oh my god I'm looking for the I'm looking for the okra you know I refuse to make gumbo without okra.
1: Oh, I'll I'll find you some okra if I have
0: to. <laughs> you hook me up with that okra, I will make it.
1: Does it have to be fresh gumbo? I'm sorry, fresh okra can be, like, frozen.
0: It can be frozen.
1: Okay, bet.
0: Because he, oh, he rolled out vet. Because here's the thing. Remember that we had the okra and it was prepared and then it went bad in, in the... In the freezer? When our freezer would kaput. They had okra, and I was ready to make some.
1: Okay, okay, just just know I'm I'm gonna put the work (laughs) in.
0: I love it though that he's like determined now because it's all set. He said bet, so it's set in stone, right?
1: Yes, right. By the end of 2023, (laughs) my mouth is gonna be all set for this gumbo. Okay, I will be gumbo worthy. Yes. Thank you, Dominique.
0: So on that note, um, I'm really excited that you'll be able to hear the interview, including she has a really cool recipe that she shared for the best thing she ate this week. So we know you guys are going to love it. So Big Daddy, I know that the segment's usually a lot longer, but we're going to shorten it up because we want to give her the time and grace in the interview in the end. So with that said, and knowing that We've already talked about everything from you substituting Gary Coleman for your picture to the fact that I sound like a Midwestern Valley girl <laughs> and that you, we verified that you're gumbo worthy. Outside of that, how was your week?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to be best describe my week, I don't know if I should take the Shadow Stevens version or just take the Dave Chappelle. You know what? I'm going to take the Charlemagne the God. I'm going to need a... Uh, oh, dear God. I'm going to need the, uh, the people of a certain Domino's Pizza to come to the front of the congregation. Because they're about to be brought up as the Donkey of the Week.
0: Are we legally able to say Donkey of the Week? Because we, we've done something in the second segment that might have might get us sued anyway. I'm not looking to get sued by Do- Charlemagne the God. I'm not worried about the Breakfast
1: Club. <laughs> Neither one of pools.
0: Well, maybe we should come up with something other than the donkey of the week. Like, what's the food that we really hate?
1: The food that we really hate.
0: The licorice stick of the week? No, that sounds terrible.
1: The licorice of the the hour. No. Anyway, nonetheless, (laughs) how was my week? You know, I would like to ask the nice people of Domino's to come to the front because I'm about to call them the jackasses in the jam here. The
0: jackass is in the
1: jam. Exactly. Okay. All right.
0: We'll take that.
1: So anyway, to make this quick, (laughs) so on Saturday, we were out. We were doing a couple things, and we were going to come back and record a little bit. Well, we went in. We picked up a few things at the store. We picked up our usual grocery order and whatnot, and then I stopped by the gas station, did a few things, and then we picked up a pizza, or our intent was to pick up a pizza, come home, do our recording, move along with our day. So what happened was the goober made the selection while I was in the gas station right. and it was on the app and all we had to do was, you know, when it was ready, just come in, say, Hey, want my pizza, pick it up, be gone. All right, paid for. It. Okay, so that's what the goober did. Here's the thing. I went in to pick up the pizza. I went in and asked, like, because the app said, Hey, you know, you're Your order is ready. Uh, That's the indication it gave me. So I went in, said, hey, I'm looking for my pizza. Uh, And I gave the name of the Cooper who left her name on the order. They said, oh, yeah, it's not ready yet. I'm like, okay. And what I should have followed up with saying was your app says it was ready. But I did not. So I was thinking, okay, because it was Saturday and there was a lot of, you know, people running around you know, trying to get something done, I was being cordial and being a good, upstanding black man and saying, hey, you know, I'll just stand here and wait. And so after a minute or so, I'm like, or we'll say a a solid three-point minutes. I said, let me go back out to the car and check with the goober.
0: It was closer to five,
1: actually. Okay, five. So I came back out and asked the goober, hey, what's up with you? Is, Is it, or is, you said the thing was ready, right? And she was like, yeah, yeah, it says it right here. So I borrowed her phone, I went back in, and I could not get a response from anyone because they were all scurrying around like little rats, I'm trying to get whatever they did for every other person in the restaurant or that had made orders. So I'm standing there, standing there, standing there, and after about what do you want to say, ten fifteen minutes,
0: it was it was about at that point when I came in, it was about a ten eleven minutes.
1: Okay, so after about ten or eleven minutes, the groover comes in, follows me, and says. Right. She walks right up to the front. And it's like, hey, where's this pizza. You said it wasn't ready. Where's this pizza? And they're like, I'm sorry, what was that the, the lady said to you?
0: Well, here's the thing. I came in and I asked, what's going on with you? You said, we're still waiting. I was a little nervous because the dog was in the car. So I wanted to be as quick as possible. I went up to ask the lady. And as I was asking her, I looked down. And there's this little glass case that had our pizza in it. Like it had my last name. And I have a very, okay, my last name is very unique. Like, honestly, if you Google my last name, odds are anything you find out about that person is me. Okay. (laughs) It's a particular last name. Okay. (laughs) So I know that was my pizza. And I was like, hey. My husband came in here asking for the pizza. You said it wasn't ready. And he kept asking and you wouldn't indicate it. Has this pizza been here the entire time? And the lady just kind of smiled and looked at me and goes, it's ready now. Take it. And I was like, no, I have a question regarding that. Because you were just sitting there and I looked at you. Did you not know this was a pizza? Because they they didn't tell with you where, hey, when it's ready, look over here or things like that. No, they were handing pizzas out to other people, but they never said jack shit to you. No. And so you were just standing there looking confused. And finally, I had just had enough. And it was just the way that she was just so dismissive of me. And and she goes, "Did you pay for it?" And I said, "Well, yes. We'll just take the pizza." And then she turned around, and at first I was, I was like, "But the person's right here. Like, I just want to know how this happened." And then she turned to me and said, you know what? I feel myself about to lose my temper. You're not worth it. And she goes, great. Did you order any like sauce cups with to go? And I was like, you know what? Even if I did, I don't want them anymore. Let's just take the pizza. The only reason why I took the pizza is we paid for it. And I was starving at that moment. So, you know, I tapped you on the shoulder. And by that time you had realized what had happened yes and then we both left and then you were just very verbally upset
1: yeah i basically like like i did i basically exploded in the parking lot because i was like okay this is what was not gonna happen because i was not in a safe space but i was very very angry that i was being disrespected that way and i'm like i'm not gonna make this a you know oh, you know, y'all just don't like me because I'm this or that. I was like, y'all just didn't disrespect your customer, one. But two, I'm like, no, I was just having a long day. I didn't feel like doing one. One, first of all, I apologize to the Goober for my histrionics because baby, no, be know, out in that parking lot and in the car, I was very demonstrative about how angry I was. But two, I was like, you know what? This is not the thing that I want to happen because – I'm, I'm not a young chick, you know, like a young dude anymore. I'm getting older and I can't see everything, but I'm looking at, you know, pizza's being moved around here and there, but I can always see like when they said the pizza was ready over here, like, you know, the general area, I'm focusing on that, but not this little random box that's right up front that, you know, that no one pays attention to. So I was very angry. One, but two, I wanted to like correlate this because what I didn't want to happen was what happened in, what was the, the Jack in the Box?
0: Oh, are you talking about the recent Jack in the Box thing where the person, the family pulled up to the drive through yes. and they made an order of a meal and they, what they wanted included with the meal was curly fries and they didn't get the curly fries. So they went to dispute like, hey, we paid for curly fries. Why are there no curly fries? And then the woman that was working the drive-thru was just like, you know what? I've had enough of this, went and pulled out her pistol and started shooting it. I'm like, damn, I've had Jack in Box curly fives before. They are mad good, but not enough to get shot at.
1: Yeah. And once again, let's explain that it is, it was not the customer that pulled out the pistola. It, it was, was the
0: person who was working at Jack in the Box. Yes. We're, are we sure it's a jack-in-the-box? I don't want to dismerge jack-in-the-box.
1: I am almost sure it was a jack-in-the-box, because now a whole lot of places, you know, make curly fries. Yeah. And I surely know that, like, Arby's.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I thought you first were going to say that a whole lot of places will have someone that's, like, armed. And I was just like, you know, Waffle House would like to in the chat.
1: Yeah, a at Waffle House, pretty much <laughs> you expect everybody from that place to be like pieced up. That's true. Two, let's not lie. like I I know people that used to work at Mickey D's and Burger King that had you know they had they 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 stuff in the trunk that was ready if anything popped off. But it's in
0: the trunk. It's not in there with them at the drive-through. True,
1: but yeah, I'm like, if you' mad enough to go and get <laughs> your pistol. You were ready for some things, you know. You were you were ready for things to pop off in any moment.
0: That is true. I I, I think at that point you you, you kind of went in there with that intent.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you were just like, okay, at the first <laughs> sign that things were going on, I'm ready to just like you know forget this job. I'm ready to just start spraying. You know, mm-hmm. I will start street sweeping up in here. One, but two, I'm like, okay, what I didn't want to happen at Domino's. In retrospect was what happened at the Jack in the box. No job is worth that, and no customer needs to get shot at because they disagree with an order
0: well, there's there's several things that is disappointing about the experience. one, i I saw you've gone in, you brought in the phone to prove it you tried to engage them, and they're just like, "No, we're not done." But that pizza was cold by the time I walked, we got it out of there. It was. Which means that that pizza has been sitting there for quite a while. And they know you were waiting for the pizza. You gave the name. You would hope that someone would have, cause they were busy, but they weren't super busy that whoever put the pizza in there probably wouldn't have known. And <clears throat> the way that I tried to like follow up and she, you know, the whole experience from start to finish was just really troubling and not what you would want your experience to be going anywhere, let alone going to pick up a pizza.
1: and Which is hardcore for me because, like, it bothers me because I have I have had a run in my life, my entire length of, you know, of dealing with, like, you know, doing pickup. I don't usually do delivery because I've always grown up without delivery. Right. So I've always gone to a different place. Like, I've always gone to a place and done, you know, takeout, pickup. And I've never had any issues with pickup. You know, you know, you might have a little money issue or, like, you know, that, like, you know, something wasn't in your order. That will always happen. But de- especially with pizza and especially with, like, a Domino's, even through college, I've always just, like, the transaction's always been, like, two, three minutes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: the whole thing from start to finish Especially given the Jack in a Box instance of last week, where a last episode where, no, not Jack in a Box, the Arby's. Now I have Jack in a Box in the Bay. You know, when Samantha was just like, yeah, we're just not going to make your order. And I was like, really? You, you, oh, oh, okay. You said that. Very
1: right, cool. Yeah. Because so I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, tra- like a bad run. Right. And I'm like, I, I really <laughs> expect that to come from like the Popeyes down the street. <laughs> Because when they're done with their, you know, with their chicken, they're done. <laughs> they're done. They're like, okay, if the place closes at nine, we're done serving chicken at like eight thirty.
0: But you know what? I, again, like I said, I can respect that because those people know their boundaries, right? Right. It's like, look, we're not paid overtime for nine o one, so this place is closed at nine, which means
1: that the half chicken hour cleanup. is cut off at right. eight
0: thirty. I respect that. I truly do. It's just.
1: The way that also it's Popeyes. I'm like, okay, when you're expecting like a couple things of chicken, and you know the chicken is worth it, you get it. But I'm like, you just, you just Arby's, you just Popeyes. I'm sorry, you just Arby's, you just Domino's. You ain't the top of the the rung here.
0: So is it that it happened and they were disrespectful, or is it that it happened and then the the added insult was that it was a Domino's or an Arby's? Although, now that we're talking, it sounds like we'll probably never get Domino's money
1: for sponsorship either. That's okay. I can live with that. <laughs> but can all of the above be true?
0: <laughs> can it all be true? Yeah. Well, technically, yes. <laughs> Is it all true? That's another thing.
1: Yeah. If Popeyes wants to advertise with us, <laughs> hey, cool. I'm willing to be there for you.
0: Well, no, 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 no. I have no problems with Popeyes because, like I said, I get it. Okay. They're surprisingly efficient. Plus, I love it that they are equal opportunity and telling you what the hell. I, and the best way to explain it is, what was it? I forget who who does it. But there's this content creator that I love. And there's one where it's the difference between Popeyes
1: and, and Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A.
0: <laughs> and Chick-fil-A is like, oh my gosh, do you need extra napkins? We're, gonna, we're sorry that we didn't say this to you. Here, have an extra frothy. God bless you. is like, what well, you won't? <laughs> <laughs> I ordered a pie. Do you see a pie? Well, yeah, but it's wrong. Hey, it's a pie. <laughs> okay. Right. May not be the pie you want, but it's a pie. Keep it moving. We're <laughs> here for the chicken. Like, they know that. If you even look at their advertisements, they're like, we're not sweet. We're not. We don't make sense. But we're just about the chicken.
1: They know that. Yeah, but
0: I think deep down, whoever does their eye
1: campaign, they know that they do. But <laughs> that's the thing that bothers me about this whole incident was, <laughs> okay, you can go to let's say a Chick Fil A, and if that incident with a Bacuri at Chick Fil A, you would be truly, truly hurt because one of the things that will stand out about let's say a Chick Fil A is that. They at least with their customer service interaction, even if you're wrong or they're wrong, they at least try to bridge the gap in terms of being good, you know, good, you know, people that you know work with the community.
0: Okay, I can see that.
1: Yeah, so you really expect that. Plus, the Chick Fil A food is is pretty good, you know. The Popeyes, you ain't gonna get the best customer service sometimes.
0: But, but their sandwiches are
1: flames. But their sandwiches are astound- are outstanding. Their chicken, really good. You know, depends on the day. Really, really good. But
0: I've never you, had bad Popeyes. You've had bad Popeyes?
1: Yeah, but it's been like, you know, not like a thing of like, you know, just being bad, it's just like sometimes you get cold like chicken. But you can eat it up. But that's I guess the thing that bothers me is What's that?
0: That's good. You got there
1: at eight thirty. Yeah, if you get eight thirty, <laughs> you just you get what you get. <laughs> but there's the thing about, you know, like if I went into an Arby's and your customer service is bad, Samantha, or I go into a Domino's or let's say, hell, a little tweezer, little Caesar's and, you know, I get bad customer service. I'm like, really? you going to give me bad food and bad service? You can't go for the, you know, what do you want to do, shoot my car up like a triple threat?
0: Well, okay. Obviously, taste is subjective, and we have to say that (laughs) and put that out there. Okay. That said, I think we both can agree that they were severely lacking on that whole experience. And I think part of the reason, too, is where we were, it's not a place that we would normally go. It's living where we live, there are certain spaces, obviously, that it's not as welcoming as others. So that was actually where we chose to, we, we found ourselves in getting pizza on the way home. Um, So surprisingly to say, and I didn't mean to like, you know, dip in to your segment or your time.
1: No, because this affected you too.
0: But yeah, it, it, it was lacking for a number of reasons. And I'm, I'm happy that, you know, you're in the, Better headspace because you were really upset when we left.
1: Yes, I was, and that's the thing. Like, unless there's something truly outstanding, like I will vent to the goober in the car. I will vent to the goober when we get home. Generally, like when i you know, out in certain spaces, I like to try to keep some kind of control unless I'm like forced to like exert. But it was just one of those things where I had a long day. You know, we were dealing with like the the dog in the car. And it was getting kind of late. Because like I said, when I walked in, the sun was still up. True. When I left, the The sun sun was was not.
0: (laughs) But no, everything turned out fine, except for poor Braxton, who heard you upset. And then he decided to, like, jump in the front of the car and decided to regulate. Which wasn't really cool as I was driving. But outside of that, (laughs) yeah, not the best. But other than that, you had a good week,
1: right? I did. I, 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 survived. no, Grant, the week is not over, but yes, I'm, I'm still here. I'm in one piece. So please apologize. That was my vent for the moment.
0: No, no, actually I brought up a really good conversation. So I'm glad that we had it. I know my week wasn't, well, my week wasn't nearly as eventful, a lot of work, a lot of physical therapy, I, I'm convinced that my physical therapist is secretly trying to kill me. I did finally make it, made it to the orthopedic specialist who told me that, yay, it was not my meniscus, which is fabulous. But he did tell me basically the equivalent of my behind is getting old. So I have to like <laughs> be mindful of how I move and things like that, which is OK, because, you know, we all aging is not a bad thing. And the fact that I'm much happier being on this side of the greenery as opposed to the alternative, you know,
1: would be. Aging, nothing but a number.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, I've, but I have been moving a lot better and it's made me appreciative of, you know, our bodies and being mindful of our spaces and how we move and things like that. Because nothing's worse than not having, wanting to have the feeling of movement to be able to walk freely without pain and things like that. And to not have it, um, as I experienced, you know, the past month or so before I started to get better. And that, that kind of changes the way that I think I've choose to look at myself, right, in relation to others in my space. And my health and things like that. So I'm, you know, I'm just very happy. I was able to walk down a flight of stairs recently without immediately running for the banister. So that's a good thing because the last couple of weeks, like when we went to Wrigley field and it took forever for me to go down those stairs.
1: Yes. You were laboring.
0: Yeah. So it probably would have been an easier walk for me. Had we done it yesterday, for example, or this morning? I also want to share that I have a new thing that I'm, like, obsessed with now. It's that cordless jump rope.
1: Yeah, I still haven't figured out the, I guess, the semantics of it.
0: Okay, so a cordless jump rope, it's just what it sounds. So you get the two handles of the jump rope, you get, like, the two strings, and then there's usually a little ball on it that's weighted. So the idea behind a courtless jump rope, particularly if you're having problems like I'm having with my knee, where being ambulatory enough to jump up and down great distances, you know, to move yourself and do the jump rope, you got to get your behind up you know, for the rope to go under you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I can't jump. I mean, I physically know how to jump rope. And actually, I love jump roping. Kind of reminded me that I, I miss it. You know, I used to do it all the time as a kid. But, you know, particularly if you have issues with your knees or things like that, you're not instantly able to do it. So the idea is you swing the the items, the handles on either side, like you would a jump rope. The little the weighted balls allow the movement of the cord to move in the way that a jump foot would weigh, right? Okay. And then... As you're moving your hand or your arms, like you're swinging like a jump rope, you're moving your legs. So, in this case, I may skip or, you know, move one leg or the other or bounce up and down. And it simulates the same motions as you would about skipping rope without having to worry about getting tangled in it. Okay. And it sounds weird, but it's really fun and it's really great exercise. So, I got one this week after, you know, my last few physical therapy sessions, and I've been using it and it has been really, really fun. So I found myself like skipping between commercial breaks and things like that. And it's really great exercise. They say that 10 minutes of just jumping rope every day. Is the equivalent of putting in 30, 30 minutes of cardio and other types of activity. Because if you think about it, your whole body is involved with the movement.
1: But that's without like the knee moving, right?
0: Well, okay. In my case, I do it like I'm marching. Because you know you can jump rope like you're moving your legs. Yeah. So there's different, the beauty of jump roping is there's different ways you can do it. So you can skip back and forth. You can rock and lift yourself up physically. You can jump rope from side to side. So there's different types of motion that you can do and still get the level of fitness without having to worry about, I have to jump up so high to get the cord. Plus I'm short. So depending on like when I was a kid, having those jump ropes that were really long, I always got tangled in them and you have to like, wrap it around your hand a certain way in order to do it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about that with a cordless one.
1: And your feet, like, they leave the ground, but they don't leave the ground.
0: Well, it's, it's up to you. Some people do the full jumping, but I'm not there yet. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I got it because I want to jump rope, but I'm not physically there yet with the arthritis and things going on with the knee. So this allows me to do it in a way... It's it's sort of like, a, you know, it's sort of like when you do yoga and you use the yoga bar in order to do the abbreviated version or the assisted version. That's all it is. Okay. And I really love it. Plus, the cool thing, is, it seems like it's something like when we travel again, we can just put it in like the suitcase or something and it can just travel with you. It's really light and really small. So that's my new passion for the week.
1: Okay, I mean, I'll give you that. I mean, I guess I'm used to the the concept of like, you know, when you go to the gym, you deal with the resistance weight or the hoses, the weighted things of those. But yeah, like, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I have to try it because I, in terms of like my resistance, I'm yeah, still working on the you, weight of it.
0: But it's jump rope. It's something that's different.
1: Yeah. I hate jump ropes.
0: <laughs> and see, that's the thing. I mean, this is not like, because we do, we have a resistance tube band here that I work out with, but it's not the same as like a jump rope. You could just get like a regular ass jump rope and just do that. So, you know, it's just a regular ass jump rope, but instead of the whole corded that the connects, it's just the one, as I described
1: it. Okay. And, you know, maybe I'll try it and, you know, hopefully it, it, it'll it make sense to me at that point.
0: Okay. Well, I tell you what, I think this is a good place to stop. <laughs> so we return and I cannot wait because we have three stories that is completely bonkers and just the best way possible. Where it has everything you want, food and pop culture, food, bread. Samuel Jackson, celebrities. It's, it's a good segment. And then we wrap up the show, which I'm super excited about that you guys will be able to meet Dominique and learn more about Spiced Up by Dominique, our new seasoning line. So this is JJ Outlong with Big Daddy. You're listening to the gourmet goober. We'll be right back. Gooberland, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. Do you consider yourself gumberworthy? Maybe you are a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet. Well, if so, tell the world what your very own goober gear. From aprons and mugs to t-shirts and hoodies is the perfect way to support our show while telling the world that you're part of gooberland. So just head over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own goober gear now. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw.
1: And C Outlaw. And we are
0: back with the second segment of today's Gourmet Goober podcast called What's Eating Us. That's where we deliver three stories to you that cross the intersection of food and pop culture. And I gotta say, And I say this every episode, of course, but I really love these three stories because I think it covers everything that the show is about, right? Food, pop culture, celebrities, a completely bonker plot twist or two. Yeah, you get it all. Yes, you do. (laughs) And the first story that we're covering is actually something that I'll be honest. We normally and for those who listen, you know that we normally have a production meaning every before every podcast drops. So that way we're on the same boat as far as what stories we can get feedback on how we cover things.
1: She gives um, me information.
0: Yeah. You know, we both get information for that, but it is rare. In fact, I don't think this has ever happened where I have straight up come to you and said, we're doing this story. <laughs> he looked at me and then was like, what? I'm like, no, We need to talk about the other two stories we're covering for this segment, because this story is definitely in. (laughs) Remember the look you gave me? Like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, there are very few times when she just walks up to me. and It's like, all right, so this is a story that we're going to be talking about.
0: But then I showed you the video and you're like, oh, I'm in. (laughs) Right? Right. (laughs) So, okay. So here in Gooberland, you know, the little space that we call our, ourselves, we're huge fans of Samuel L. Jackson, you know, and could it be because he's a trained thespian with hundreds of credits to his name on IMDb, could it be that he's really great with a cuss word or two? Yes. <laughs> could it be all of those things? Yes.
1: And yes, Sam, if, you know, for some (laughs) reason, we ain't got no money, but if you would like to, you know, we stop by, say hi, you know, maybe talk to us for a minute or two, we'll definitely, we'll definitely be willing.
0: Yes. I mean, we are the people who once paid Alexa, what, $2 to have Samuel L. Jackson cuss at us on our birthday.
1: And we enjoy it until, well.
0: Until Alexa said the party was over. I'd shut it on and off again. And I got to say, best $2 I ever spent, by the way.
1: Yes, it was.
0: (laughs) We would have him sing happy birthday to us all the time because he would say not only motherfucker, but call us an asshole at the end. And we thanked him for
2: it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So when you get a story that involves Samuel L. Jackson in bread. (laughs) And bread. I gotta take the story, right?
1: <laughs> yes. Samuel so, L. Jackson and Bread, but and, not Oprah and Bread.
0: Exactly. So here's the deal, right? So there is um a company that's based out of the UK that's called Warburton's. They're actually the United Kingdom's biggest bakery brand. And so they reached out to Samuel L. Jackson to be a star in a commercial. And It just went live a couple days ago. And the two minute commercial, he basically portrays the bakery's real chairman, real chairman, rather, Jonathan Walburton. And it is everything that you would want a commercial starring Samuel L. Jackson to be. It's just absolutely bonkers in the best way possible. So we're going to do something. And I don't think I've. Okay, we normally don't play audio on our podcast. Why? Because we broke people.
1: Yeah, we want to make sure that we cleared this with legal first.
0: But the way I see it is, basically, you're getting free advertisement, okay? So we're playing the ad so you guys can absorb, what is it, the Samuel Jackson-ness?
1: The essence of Sam. The
0: essence of Sam.
1: Yeah, just like his fake cologne motherfucker.
0: (laughs) Exactly. and all of his glory. So that you two can enjoy the madness that is this commercial. So we're going to listen to it together, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. You said Warburton is... Hmm?
2: (gasps) Sorry. (laughs) Hi. Jonathan Warburton, chairman of the UK's largest family bakery. Now, I'm a good guy, family man, but sometimes Johnny Lovely Crumpets won't cut it. Sometimes you need Samuel L. Jackson to play you in a commercial because when I see this from Steve up in my socials, it unleashes a furious anger in me. Jonathan, I love your Toasty Loaf, but I've seen other Toasty loaves in the shops that look exactly the same. What gives? What gives? What gives, Tweety Pie, is me, Jonathan Warburton. I give. And hell has no fury like a baker's scorn, Steve. you see the righteous baker suffers the slings and arrows of temptation at every turn. Sure, we could pack our toasty loaf full of so much run-of-the-mill wheat that it'd make your mama cry, but would we? <laughs> hell no. Who was that? Jonathan Robertson? We pack it full of our unique blend of wheat and 147 years of banking passion! <laughs> like my father, his father, his father, and his mother. We get up hella early, and we stay hella late. Thanks, boss. We test for softness, waterability, mm-hmm. and bounce-backability. back Yeah, that's a thing. And only once a geologist have 3D scanned, stamped, and approved it, you we wrap it up in a pretty wax paper package just for you. So you go ahead and grab yourself some wannabe Warburton's Toasty Loaf, Steve, because they all taste the same, right? Right? <laughs> See, this is the real Jonathan Warburton, and this here is the real Warburton's Toasty Loaf. Something like that, J Dubs? I couldn't have said it better myself.
0: Okay. Now, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> is that not the best commercial <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a part within itself, but uh first of all and can you find this on YouTube?
0: Yes, it is on YouTube, and I will actually post a link to it on youtube but yeah it it and it's just. It, it's just over-the-top bunkers. And, and you guys got to see it. The audio does not do it justice. So, like, for example, when he talks about it being a family business, it's like multiple pictures of Sam <laughs> in different outfits, including Sam in a wig playing the guy's mother.
1: <laughs> Which freaks me out.
0: <laughs> Speaking of mother, so the tweet that supposedly got this all started It's by a man named Steve, if you heard him refer to him. And at one point, he knocks on the door and hands off (laughs) the toasty loaf to someone wearing Steve's mom and Steve's dad. They're in t-shirts. Yes. (laughs) It is just fat shit in the best way. And I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) And here's the thing. Warburton's which isn't very well known across the pond where we are. Um, apparently, they have a history of doing commercials with Hollywood celebrities. So in 2019, for example, they did a commercial with Robert De Niro to announce their new bagels that they're producing, which is really cute. In 2015, they did a commercial with the Muppets announcing their giant crumpets
1: I'm sure they had to pay a decent amount of change for both of those.
0: Exactly. There's even a commercial they f- did with both George, with George Clooney, as well as an ad campaign that they launched with none other than Sylvester Stallone. So apparently, Warburton is making some serious bank to be able to afford all these people.
1: Yeah, along with the the track and music, you know, with from some of the movies that you know said actor or actresses have done.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Cause wasn't it like I have the tiger was in the commercial with Sylvester Stallone?
1: Yeah. So not only did
0: they have to pay for Stallone, but like the rights to that commercial.
1: Yeah. And some of the, some of the tracking from like Pulp Fiction for Sam.
0: So, so yeah. Um, <laughs> just a pretty penny. Really nice. <laughs> yeah. On that note, I was just thinking again. Warburtons, please don't sue us. We're really big fans of your commercial. <laughs> yeah, We're basically giving you free advertising because people pay for advertising on the Gourmet Goober. So we're not going to say how much, but you got it for free. <laughs> but that said, I, I told Big Daddy for a number of reasons. One, Walburton's is living your life because, and I think we talked about it on the show, you were talked about you had a plan should you win the lottery. Yeah, on my last day
1: that I was going to hire Samuel L. Jackson to be... To be you. Well, yes. He doesn't even have to be me. He could just, you know, he could just read a letter that I may have written (laughs) for him, you know, as part of my exit strategy.
0: (laughs) Your way of saying goodbye.
1: (laughs) You know, whereas they say bye-bye. I'm going to have Sam do it for me if I can afford it.
0: And and now you know it can be done. You, you just need to have Warburton money.
1: <laughs> yes, which I'm sure is a lot. <laughs>
0: exactly. So
1: that's where we're gonna like definitely hype up for. This is free advertisement for you. Thank you.
0: Here's my question: When we were in the UK, did we have the Warburton Toasty loaf?
1: I don't think we have. I mean, I not
0: recall it.
1: It could have, but I don't remember it. But then, of course, I was trying to remember: Did we have? Do we have jam? I know we had some of our pastry.
0: I I know that we had it when we went to the tea party on the bus because there's there's a place you guys can go where it's really cool. You can have tea, but it's on a tour a double decker tour bus. Yes, highly recommended. It. It's a lot of fun. And then then I think
1: I know we, we had a couple English breakfasts.
0: Yeah, I think we had it at the full English. That we want to have. I want to say it's at to- Um Good place, by the way. But I, I don't recall. But, dude. <laughs> We're in the wrong business. You have to get in the bread business. Also, I've seen Samuel L. Jackson. We've seen him before. I think he does the Capital One commercials. He does the, the Capital States. One. But I think he's missed his calling. Because I'll be damned if I didn't want bread after seeing that commercial. And I'm on a bread-restricted diet right now. So what what do you think, Big Daddy? Do you think Sam has a future Hawking food? And what do you think is the next foodie commercial he needs to do? And then why do you think this commercial is the best ever? Because I know I do.
1: Well, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, first to answer your first question, I mean, hell. When we've asked the Amazon Echo, you know, some of the things he likes, he's definitely a big fan of burgers. Yes. Chicken. Yes. I love that. But more importantly, you know, Sam loves him, you know, a good steak.
0: Yes.
1: But more importantly, like, I guess the second part of that question is, you know, Sam being Sam, he's always a busy man, but, you know. We love. I love the fact that Sam, like, definitely has put out there, like, you know, things that I want to do. But just the fact he's open to, I guess, spring to all different fields. I think that's what I love about the commercial. Plus, he's like so affable now. And more, most importantly, he did not curse. You
0: know, that was impressive.
1: He did not. I know that was restraint.
0: <laughs> and here's the thing. They allow cussing on TV in the UK.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Remember when we were watching TV on our vacation and someone dropped the F-bomb and we're like, dude, we said it at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, technically he could have swore, but he didn't.
1: Which is impressive because, you know, they dropped the S's and F's over there like, you know, like his butcher and jam
0: quite frequently. So I'm going to put the link to the commercial. <laughs> I I'm, I'm doing my I'm I'm doing my good service and spread it to all of my good friends here in the United States because apparently we are missing out on some prime Warburton commercials here. All of them are great. I'll put a link to all of them in the show notes as well, but yeah. If you see Samuel L. Jackson, I have to say portraying Johnny Toast- Warburton Toasty Loaf Johnny Crumpets. Remember he called
1: him Johnny Crumpets? Oh, that's right. Johnny Crumpets.
0: Yeah. I was trying to think of the nickname he gave him. Johnny Crumpets. Totally nailed it.
1: International commercials are fun.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) thank you, Sam, for brightening my weekend because that was great. (laughs) So the second thing, honestly, speaking of commercials, is one that we came about with a new promotion campaign for Flaming Hot, the Flaming Hot brand. You know, there's like Flaming Hot Cheetos, Doritos, just a whole host of things that with the Flaming Hot dust that makes it so popular. They are now partnering with, of all people, Megan Thee Stallion to launch what is known as Flaming Hot University, or FU. You. F you. <laughs> so now, if you or happen to be, you know, driving along or in a grocery store, and you bump a cart, and someone says "F you," they may not be upset with you. They may be just sharing that they are or t- an alumni of Flaming Hot University.
1: No, I'm. St- I'm going to stick with you back. They're saying "F you" because <laughs> <not> "F <for> you."
0: <laughs> so you're not buying that at all. You're like, oh no, they're just dropping whatever.
1: <laughs> yes. You bumped my cart. I'm dropping the FU.
0: <laughs> so here's the thing in this campaign, um, they actually created an online space where Megan is shown on campus as the hot girl dean of admissions, enforcing the motto education is hot. And in FU, our flaming hot university, students can unleash their flaming hot. There's actually um, courses that you can take short video courses on everything, on food, fashion, and lifestyle, and is taught either by Megan or from a group of influencers and other individuals, such as Scotty, who, like Megan, graduated from Texas Southern University. And, of course, because, you know, what's a university without merch, right? It also comes with a whole host of merch that includes a stallion varsity jacket, a hot gold club sweater, hats, and more. So you can actually go to a website, which we will link on there. Here's the great thing. The merch itself, it all goes to a good cause. So you can actually purchase a merch, and it goes towards establishing a fund, 150000 to be exact, at Texas Southern University. For students as well. So they're snackable. So you can snack on a good cause, right? Okay. I mean, the commercial itself is hilarious. So I invite you to take a look at it. It's hilarious because at one point she's walking through talking to her fans, gleefully telling them F you, and they're responding F you in kind. <laughs> and they, it looks like they've been adding content to the curriculum since I've lost looked at it the other couple days, but the merchandise itself looks pretty hot, I have to say. I I really do like the jacket. And then, of course, you can also buy buy the Flaming Hot materials as well, which right now includes everything from Cheetos, Lay's, potato chips. You can even get a Jack Link Flaming Hot Jerky Stick.
1: Oh, good lord. (laughs) I could just I could just hear the salt and the com- like, just the the conveyance of this.
0: <laughs> well, okay, and I'll, I'll I'll be honest. Obviously, especially in light of our guests that we're welcoming in her last segment of the show, Dominique Washington in her spiced up seasoning line. Obviously, there's a little bit more salt content in this. Or oh, the little, and I'm being facetious, obviously. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, this is not something you eat every day. But I have to say, again, the fact that they're doing all of this and funding a scholarship for students to go to school and supporting the HBCU in the process, not bad. Plus, it's an HBCU. Am I allowed to say that you're connected to it? No. No? Okay. Then you didn't hear that from me. (laughs) Everyone listening did not hear that from me.
1: No. I went to a PWI. You went to a PWI.
0: But you have family members who teach at
1: the... Once again, <laughs> I have no connection Okay. <laughs> with the HBCU other than, like, you know, support.
0: Okay. Well, we will not go any further in that vein then?
1: I'm not trying um, to ruin anybody's bag.
0: <laughs> we- well, okay. We did play a commercial illegally, so you might ruin it. So we may leave that
1: off. Right.
0: (laughs) But the gear alone is actually pretty tight. I have to say, I really do love the merch that they have here. So if nothing else, I'll give the link in the show notes.
3: Are you a fan
0: of Flaming Hot? Hmm. I can't remember if we've ever tried it.
1: I feel like I once went to a spot. Or had someone like give me? I want. I know it had something to do with like flaming hot that was like crumpled up over like chicken, and I tried it, and then of course I realized it was like very extremely salty. Um, and flaming hot, and I have tried like flaming hot Cheetos before, and once again very salty. But mm.
0: but the thing is also you are not a fan of too spicy to begin with.
1: Yeah, some of us. I get it.
0: Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying it's not your favorite thing, although it is hilarious because remember that one time that we had that garden in, in the back of our house and you insisted on planting every pepper in the world, but you didn't want to eat it? Yes. <laughs> we'll discuss that later because I, I feel there's something to that.
1: I did that for you.
0: Because <laughs> here's the thing. I've talked about it show. I put spicy stuff on my spicy stuff. I really
1: love it. Yes, and that was like thirty-year-old you.
0: <laughs> Forty-plus year-old me like spicy stuff, but I slow down because you know, even though I like it.
1: Yeah, there's such a thing as God and consequences. <laughs> is
0: that what it is now? God and consequences.
1: Yes. <laughs> You know, as we become, you know, more golden, the concept (laughs) of how these things process in our bodies are finally telling us, like, hey, maybe flaming Hot may not be the thing for you. It just kind of told me early.
0: Okay, so maybe it's a little
1: much. Yeah. And like I said, some of these, (laughs) uh, you know, I like the cross promotion and like, you know. The introduction. I'm sorry. The you know with the addition of Meg the stallion even though sometimes I wonder if, if Meg is is too much woman for me, because uh, she's definitely hot girl summer, fall, winter, spring. There's a lot going on there. But uh, hey, if it if these work for you, definitely go forth and try it out.
0: You know, I gotta say, I'm I'm actually pretty tempted to get the hot, the flaming hot nameplate necklace that actually that in the hot girl um summer or hot girl club sweater actually looks pretty dope now i i may have to pull back cuz okay i i may have shopped a little hard on the hello kitty collection
1: <laughs> the hello kitty
0: don't judge me they, Forever 21 had a like collaboration with hello kitty and don't look at me like that. of it was actually really cute, and it wasn't all pink. And the sweaters are amazing. In fact, there's one sweater that I have been dying for the weather to get just white for me to wear. It's so funny. I take it out, and it's like, is it my Hello Kitty sweater time? And then it hits 70, and like, no, it's not.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so stuck on Hello Kitty. I don't have, you know... I'm lucky if I have like you know good, clean drawers. <laughs> Stop! Do not
0: say that. That is not true. You're making people think like I don't. We don't do that.
1: I mean, I wash my clothes, but <laughs> same time, I, I'm like, I I got like you know five pairs of jeans, which is more than I have, which I wear every day. You were you are like dropping people. Hello Kitty.
0: Okay, first of all, I had like a. Hell of a discount because it was my birthday.
1: Right. Okay. And then two... Granted.
0: I also told you that I needed to have sweaters and things like that because, you know, the whole body changing thing. Yeah. And so that's what I did. So and it was, it was cute just... in my size. I was like, you know what? She's going to get my young girl on and get a head of a clothing sweater. And I'm not
1: ashamed. Yeah, well... You know, while the groovers over here haven't had hot girl <laughs> summer into fall, I'm having my old man winter.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if you oh, God,
1: I'm about to go into. It, but, you know, brothers, just get like at least just a pair <laughs> of Timberlands <laughs> and maybe some socks with it. I'm a four-some-year-old man who's never bought a pair of Jordans.
0: (laughs) That's not my fault.
1: (laughs) Damn it. Oh, okay. But anyway.
0: Okay. So just to wrap things up, we will put that on our site. Definitely check it out. She even has like a spot for some two-minute snack recipes that you can check out as well. So we'll put that in the show notes as well as sharing on our website
1: as well. TheGourmetGooper.com So her last story I'm sorry, I I apologize Did I crack you up or something? You did? Plus, I'm
0: actually surprised That you didn't dig more into the fact that Me Me bought something that was Hello Kitty You have to admit That's a little out of character for me
1: I was still stuck on the Hello Kitty thing That, That did Perplex me, but I was gonna let you Have it
0: you know, it's good enough
1: for Mariah, Mariah Carey, Okay. for me. JJ, JJ. <laughs> Mm wait a minute, hand here, Mariah Carey, way over here.
0: Okay, so Mariah's a little more extra
1: than I am. Wait a minute, Mariah is like way past extra. <laughs> and you know how much I adore Mariah Carey <laughs> as a vocalist and or like her own brand, but.
0: You know, maybe I was channeling my inner Mariah.
1: Okay. You <laughs> One hand here Way over here Like Meg the Stallion <laughs> Extra <laughs> But yeah You can have it You can definitely try it
0: Speaking of Vriant and Extra That kind of nicely leads into our last story okay. And we didn't plan that That's just how it happened
1: Yes we did, we planned it in show <laughs> meetings
0: <laughs> You're taking all the magic away <laughs>
1: This is how the sausage is made, (laughs) y'all.
0: So, Big Daddy, was it you that pointed this out to me? Or I forget who ran into the story. But we were just so shocked. We just, it tickled us. So, this covers Saint Tropez, which is the vacation spot on the French Riviera. It attracts people like Mariah Carey, like Jay-Z, Beyoncé, Leonardo DiCaprio is a regular person that goes there. They are known for having the most expensive real estate in France, and they even have a new cafe that they open up that is completely themed for Louis Vuitton. Of course so, they do. San Frit-
1: Saint-Tropez.
0: <laughs> Saint-Tropez. saint is running into a rather interesting problem in that restaurants in the town are regularly reportedly requiring diners to spend a minimum of $5,000 to just get a reservation.
1: I'm having my, like, you know, everybody hates Chris Julius moment.
0: <laughs> exactly. So here's how it goes, right? You're a vacation in San Tropez. And you're like, we would like to have a table at the new Louis Vuitton Cafe. Yes, that's that's my wealthy person voice. And then when booking, you're told, we have a table available at 5,000 euros, which comes out actually to $5,441. Would that be okay?
1: Current exchange rate, yes.
0: Exactly. And if not, if you if you said, yeah, cool, got a reservation. But if not, there are no more tables. And if you can't or won't tell the restaurant that you'll throw several thousand dollars in the single diner or dinner, then some eateries will actually say that the reservation are not available until sometime later in the month. Like they push it completely out. And according to this article, which you can find in Food & Wine, additional customers have reported that other restaurants are actually keeping records on guests. So say, for instance, you and your your buddies roll up and say, yeah, we're going to drop 5,000, and you drive 5,495. They will keep a record on you. <laughs> so if you try to reserve it again, they don't play with you. How crazy is that?
1: So once again, I'm I'm now about to put on my my rich person's voice. Okay. <laughs> I've so, never heard your
0: rich person's voice. Let's hear
1: it. No, you've heard of my rich person's voice. I'm sorry, I d I am sorry, I only like get mixed up with my stuck up the, you know, the butt voice, but <laughs>
0: So it's okay.
1: Technically, when I come from, you know, said places, I, I would tend to believe that if you can afford this stuff, as I'm checking my Powerball at this moment, uh, $5,000, but they, and they won't let you in? Yep. Nope. Well, how are you? Okay, so you're keeping track of every single thing that that, you know, that I'm partaking of like eating and drinking yep because
0: that is correct
1: i'm shocked because there's this won't work for me because we're not heavy drinkers and i would like to believe that there is no food that i can think of off the top of my head that's gonna put me at the level in in a small group at five thousand dollars
0: but so you are wrong our ramen noodles start at two thousand five hundred. That is before you add the seasoning back
1: heat. I'm sorry, are there gold flakes in the season?
0: <laughs> Why, yes.
1: You know, does Salt Bay come by and sprinkle his <laughs> magic dust?
0: And for doing that, that's an additional $2,576.
1: You're about to lose this rich person's voice in a moment. <laughs> but so basically, I'm under <laughs> the opinion that a lot of this has to do with alcohol.
0: Well, not necessarily. I mean, these restaurants can charge whatever they want, however.
1: I'm sure they can, but they also are probably not going to have a long list of clientele.
0: Here's the insane thing. Okay. Believe it or not, there's even more to this insanity. Like I said, y'all, I promised to bring in the bunkers today. I have done that. So, according to this article, there was an incident where a diner said that his friend was literally chased into the parking lot. Because staffers said his $541 tip, which comes out to about 500 euro, wasn't adequate.
1: Wasn't adequate.
0: The newspaper that reported on this said that he was instructed to return to the restaurant to pay another 500 euro. And the waiter told him that the original tip was not enough. And he could still make a small effort to reach 1,000 euro because it is more consistent and approaching the 20% of the total amount of his bill. Okay. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> I think you've lost the rich person part of your voice now. You're like, I wish it a buffer would, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I wish, <laughs> I wish <laughs> Sorry. it would. Rich person voice gone. <laughs> so I, before I put my business hat on, we, we at the Gooberland. Gourmet Goober podcast would uh, like to say that we will, we are decent tippers. Yes. And we believe in the like 15 to 18 to, you know, depending on how well the service is, the 20%. Yeah.
0: I usually tip 20 unless you're bad, then you go to the 15
3: or 18.
1: If you go bad, you lucky you're getting tips, period. <laughs> but that's just me. That is me and me, Tiala only. But I would like to say that I have two things about this. One, so that means just to walk in this place, have food and drinks, and be merry, you're basically dropping 6,000 American or Euro. Yeah, said you know, dalliance
0: to even get your foot in the door,
1: just to get in the door. And you know, I know that you know, over in Europe, they have a thing about tipping, but I would like to ask that said waiter who says that your tips are not adequate. Could the same waiter who works in said restaurant, could he afford to eat, in his, eat and drink in his own place?
0: You know, that is a good point. That is a good point. And there's, we've talked on the show before about the disparities that is happening with the people who serve us and who take excellent care of us in the restaurant and actually the prices of the restaurant and things themselves. So I, I think you brought up a good point there. For also once in my life. <laughs> you bring up good points all the time. But I'm just thinking too, if you think in service is based on a merit type of situation, you you also have to wonder you know, could he have tipped the fifteen percent as opposed to the twenty percent because of the service level that he got? Not and I'm not tipping is kind of a difficult thing to talk about for a number of reasons.
1: I don't have a problem with,
0: but just assuming off the top that you have to do the whole 20% or longer without factoring many things and it's itself is problematic, but, but yeah, just, just the whole idea of, for us to even look your way, you have to promise to drop this much. That I don't know. That that just seems really restrictive. And like you said, I'm wondering if it would like shut out the very people who work there to be able to enjoy themselves. Yes. Here's the here's the other thing you have to think about. <clears throat> the mayor of Saint Tropez is on the record by saying that these stories are all true, which is nuts. But he also is really pissed about this is going on. So the, maybe
1: he's pissed. Can, can the mayor of Sancho pay afford to eat in these restaurants?
0: Well, even more than that, he or she is Sylvie. I think the name is Sylvie. Okay. So Sylvie Siri is the name of the mayor, right? And Sylvie added that these practices are, are despicable, they're ruining the town's image. And any restaurant that is found guilty of doing this is actually be considered being found guilty of extortion and organized racketeering. That's Sylvie's words. So I'm like, dang. So basically every restaurant that you go into is could catch a Rico case by the same logic. What uh, amounts to organized racketeering and extortion here? You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, but I guess my question is, like, do they have that in Saint Tropez?
0: Well, I don't know, and that brings up a good point. Like, how do they enforce that?
1: Exactly. Although
0: they did come out with a solution.
1: Can't wait for this.
0: And I say solution with parentheses and air air parentheses air quotes rather. So, more than one thousand stickers have been handed out to Saint Tropez restaurants to remind both tourists and local residents to contact the town hall and the consumer fraud service if they've been swindled intimidated or ripped off by a restaurant
1: we can have Robin Nero be our you know representative to influence but while interesting one was a sticker but right. two i guess okay so is that going to stop them i don't know
0: that's a good point. Oh, and to circle back to the point before about your dining, Siri does go on to say that these practices are odious for the resort and therefore for our clientele, but also for local people. We have been driven out of our homes and pretty soon will be driven out of our restaurants and able to dine out. So that's this really crappy part. It's just not only the people who work there, but the local clientele, like people who are there won't be able to eat
2: at these
1: restaurants. Yeah, because I would want to know that if I am a, a person of, sorry, let me get back my rich person voice. <laughs> if I'm a person of influence, who could reasonably afford said things? What if I just want to partake of this restaurant and get a simple, cup, you know, like have a conversation or a business meeting with someone and have a simple cup of coffee? That cup
0: of coffee better cost $5,000 or than you won't be at that.
1: I'm about to say, is this coffee coming from the ass back of a monkey?
0: <laughs> <laughs> better. Yeah, because $5,000, that's one hell of a cup of Maxwell's, okay? <laughs>
1: exactly. I'm I'm looking for like, whatever, what's the bottle of Vaza? I'm trying to think of the, the highest brand coffee you could find that would cost me $5,000. See, I'm having my Julius Rock moment. But yes, I'm still working on, you know, what if you just want simple things? Because... I don't. I've never been to saint Tropez, and I guess I would wonder. I'm almost going to assume that they do not have a Mickey D's at saint Tropez. So I guess I'm perplexed by, you know, if you think that you can get a, you know, get away with, you know, charging people six thousand euros just to be in the place, and the fact that they are tracking you, I wonder if this is, you know, a good business practice.
0: Clearly not. Because the mirror's handing out stickers saying, don't get caught.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And plus, I start to wonder if, like, you're trying to attract clientele that don't look like me.
0: pretty sure that that's restricted. Unless, of course, your name is Jay-Z or Beyonce.
1: Yes, and I do not look like Jay-Z nor Beyonce. (laughs) I don't have, you know, silver glitter or whatever. And I can't rock the, you know, the hoe.
0: The hoe? H-O-B. Oh, the hoe. Okay. Yeah. Your I, boy! I was like, what? Yes. I was just thinking that you don't have the hair. like
1: I definitely do not have Jay-Z's hair. <laughs> I lost Jay-Z's hair at 20.
0: So on that note, why don't we take a break? And then when we return, we will have for you guys an incredible guest, Dominique Washington who is the CEO and founder of Spiced Up. So she'll be sharing um, the background of how she created her great spices. And she'll even share an incredible recipe that I know that'll be one of the best things that you eat this week. So you're listening to the Gourmet Goover podcast. We will be right back. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw.
1: And T Outlaw.
0: And we're the co-hosts with the Gourmet Goober podcast with a very important question.
1: Are you a little gourmet or a lot of
0: <laughs> Or maybe you consider yourself gumbo-worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us get the lights on in the process. <laughs> so if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet, head on over to GooperSwag.com. That's GooperSwag.com. And get your very own Gooper gear today. Tell him Big Daddy sent you.
1: That's right. Tell him.
0: This is JJ Outlaw.
1: And this is T Outlaw.
0: And we are back with the third segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Now, for our regular listeners, you know that this is the part of the show where we talk about the best thing we ate this week. However, when we have guests to the show, (laughs) we turn the mic happily over to our guests and we wanted to introduce you to somebody that we had the pleasure of chatting with that we know that you guys will love. Her name is Dominique Washington, and she is the founder and c e o of Spice and Up Seasonings. Yes, hi, thank you for having me. welcome, yes, you're welcome, and regular <laughs> listeners also know you know that we love cooking here at the gourmet goober. That's how we started was the cooking and food block we We are strong believers that the ancestors themselves gave us the knowledge of the importance of seasoning. <laughs> so, <laughs> when we, so when we met with somebody who basically created a line of seasoning, it's women-owned, it's Black-owned, it's low-sodium, it's gluten-free. It checks all the boxes as far as healthy and Looks delicious. We knew we had to bring you on the show. So, first of all, Dominique, thank you so much
3: for joining us. We really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to speak with you guys today.
0: Well, for our listeners out there who may be new to your product, can you share a little bit about your background? I know that you have a following on Instagram and on TikTok. So, those who and by the way, just as a side note, people, if you wanted to follow her after the interview. We'll also put her social media platform links on our show notes as well. So you can get some of this
1: love as long. Also the website.
0: Yes. Also the website as well. So you can get a hookup, but tell me a little bit about your background and your love of cooking and what led you to this business idea. Absolutely. So,
3: Of course, my love for cooking came from my grandmother. She taught me how to cook. She was always in the kitchen making something. So I would just stand and pretty much watch until I started to get physically involved and see how you cut things and season well. Now, you know, a lot of households, we don't always season to measure correctly. We kind of just go by taste. So that was something that was an experience actually just to get to try different things that she would make. And that put me into a space like, hey, you know, I want to do this for myself. Another thing is my background is healthcare. I love healthcare. I love service. So I want to make sure I implemented that in my business. The focus of the brand is the focus of lowering hypertension. A lot in the Black community, brown community, we have A big focus on high blood pressure. And that is something when we're cooking, you know, we're using so much salt and we're not really taught about health a lot. We don't always have access to a lot of healthcare information, especially public health. And that's something I definitely want to bring forth that we can enjoy good meals, but also focus on the health concept of our bodies, because especially in the black holes, our percentage is so high. And we're not thinking about the health aspect until after the fact, you know, when we're in the hospital and it's oh, I need to focus on this. When if we were taught in advance or to learn, so when we're cooking these extra sodium-based meals, we're saying oh, you know, we need flavor, we need flavor, we need salt and salt. And it's like no, not all the time. You can still encourage it. You can still get good meals. Just got to be mindful of your sodium intake.
1: Right. Right. Okay. I guess my first question to you is. Was there a specific event or set of events that uh, led you to base these products?
3: Not technically a set of events. I just knew the what I like to bake. and off of I do like to travel. So certain places I go, I try different foods and, and kind of different different tastes of of what's out there. Especially like in cultures of different places. That was one thing, but the focus of Predominantly was the salt intake. And I wanted to make sure that every product I had was under 5% in sodium intake. So, me going to different stores or different places, I would look at the bottle. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just so much. But then I would love the flavor. But it's just the battle of trying to keep flavor and keep the intake down. But specifically for an event, yeah, I don't think there was technically any event. I just knew I wanted to cook, I wanted the product, I wanted to be in service, and I wanted to benefit others. And not just have a product just to get out there and not really know anything. Because, of course, there's multiple seasoning brands, but we really don't know what the product and the purpose. And I want to make sure that my product had a purpose for others. So that's why I say I'm big on service. Okay.
0: And you know what? I really like the fact that you're focusing so much on the sodium intake. That's something that I know that I'm mindful of. And you're right. In our community, there's so much in our community collectively that contributes to hypertension, but certainly salt intake is one of them. And just the idea of having it, I I believe you said like your target is less than 5%? Yes, ma'am. Wow. That is really amazing. So, So talk me through the process because the thing I really like about your seasoning brand is the fact that there's such a range from um, your barbecue seasoning, you have a Cajun one, which I have to admit, I can't wait to get my hands on because listeners to the show knows I love my Cajun cooking. I have that as a background in my family. I'm known for my gumbo. Don't say anything. Oh. Yes, Big Daddy, I'm making gumbo for you. <laughs> <laughs> We, we have a joke because if you know gumbo, you know that gumbo is not something that's easy to make. It takes a while, right? It takes a
3: while. Yes. You have to perfect it. And so
0: I jokingly tell my husband that, you know, when he asked for him, like, is this a gumbo worthy event? Is this worth the time and effort <laughs> to even put in to make this? Exactly. So when I saw your Cajun season, I was like, ooh, I got to try that. Yes. You're going to love it. But anyway, how did you choose the flavors?
3: I was just wondering, because you have everything from sweet to savory in this line. Taste testing, consistent taste testing. So when I say, you know, I like to travel, so I definitely love going to Louisiana, New Orleans, and they had, you know, a seasoning store. So I would go in, try their flavors. I'm like, oh, this is so good. And of course, when you're trying different restaurants in a city known for cooking, like you just wanted to make sure you, you're you at the same level as theirs, if not better. Because you can't just call everything occasion and it does not do what it should. So when you try, the best thing is, of course, is me going different places and learning different products. Because you can get occasion seasoning off the shelf and it doesn't have that flavor, that kick that you need. So that was a really good focus in, in terms of making that occasion seasoning. And I do a lot of taste testing. So it it could be sometimes where it's a hit and miss a lot of times. And I didn't want it to be the same case season that you can get. I definitely want it to have like a little spark to it. So it's kind of how like the process goes doing a lot of pace testing.
1: Okay. Well, let me ask, like, do you have aside from yourself? Do you have a certain person or a set of people that you use this? Taste testers?
3: Are you volunteering?
1: <laughs> you know, like, like a group of people that you're like, okay, <laughs> the, if they know what they like.
3: I Ooh. had when I started, I did at the beginning, but then I kind of keep it to me and the manufacturing company. that we kind of keep it like that, and then we'll taste test inside in house. But I used to, I used to do it outside. But it's kind of hard to find people that I guess their taste buds is a little bit different when you're just tasting seasoning in itself. A lot of people require a meal. So there's times when I had to actually make the meal with it. And there's times where I had to just give you the actual seasoning from the bottle and you taste it. So it's always mixed objective opinions. So it kind of came a little bit difficult. So I definitely want to keep it more in-house with those who are con- used to trying out different types of seasoning in-house in a manufacturing company. So I kept it similar to there until I perfected it the way I want. And then I made the meal and then I had friends or, or family try.
1: Okay. I like that.
3: I, I still think that it sounds like he's angling for That's it. exactly, and I'm I'm going to have to put him on my Christmas list to make sure. And so I'm like, hey, can you try this? I'm going to send this to you. Tell me what you think. <laughs> I'm
1: volunteering. This <laughs> <like,
3: "Miss> review.
0: <laughs> so with that in mind, I'm. you know what? I'm interested in, in learning a little bit more because one of the things I think it's really great when I have an opportunity to meet um, businesses and emerging businesses is you and I both know having access to um, distribution and you know the manufacturing and things like that, it's really crucial to success. And it sounds like that's something that you had an opportunity to build. Um, Walk me through that because you're available. I saw that you have a store on Amazon and you're
3: also in Walmart. Is that correct? Yes. I have a store on Amazon and I'm in Walmart online, not in the store yet. That's that's a goal for me is to hopefully get into a actual store location. That's my goal. So the process in that, it was definitely research, 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 reaching out, doing the best I can. And actually they reached out to me for, Amazon reached out to me and for the partnership, which was great. Walmart, I had to kind of get in contact. It's a little bit harder because it's more when you're, you know, when you're a smaller brand, they they tend to kind of look at bigger brands with a little bit more influence and, and following. So definitely had to kind of push and start. That's why starting online was definitely a stepping point for me, especially with the small business and having to market myself so much it to where it kind of brings in clientele. So it's definitely still a stepping stone, a process. Not, and I know there's still things I need to learn in terms of getting into a store. So that's definitely a practice I want to take. I've been in business for four years and definitely still time to learn. and definitely there's different changes, especially for there's kind of things I wish I kind of would have read about or been a little bit more prepared as a black owned business that wasn't really much access to how to run a business, especially when you're trying to increase in move into actual retail stores. So right. it's definitely a learning moment.
0: That's really impressive though. And it. I know that you heavily leveraged your presence online on TikTok and on Instagram to really get you in front of your potential customers.
3: Yes. Consistent cooking. i saying you should see what I'm going to post today because I cooked last night. So you'll definitely be expecting something great, but definitely social media played a major impact into my business and visually, of course, because of course, you you know, you can't tr- try everything via TV or, you know, you, what you see on the internet. So definitely visual representation was the best thing. And I noticed a lot of times, a lot of people really don't really care for recipe predominantly much like that. They kind of just want to see you you know, use your product or see what you're eating and then want to try. So definitely having to push visually. on Social media was definitely a case and trying to make sure I'm like, you know, what do people like to eat? What new meals can I try? How can I, you know, push health? Like, hey, try this product. This is good for your health, but still promote it to where it goes great right with your daily meals. So that right. definitely was a balance and to to really get well with.
0: You know, it's interesting because I was just talking with T off mic recently about how, particularly on TikTok, there's like a cooking TikTok segment that's really kind of blown up. So did you see that that really helped propel you forward in getting companies
3: like Amazon to reach out to you? Prior to that? No, honestly, I got, I just kind of got a little bit better at TikTok I had the partnerships before TikTok, but this definitely increased. It definitely advanced me a little bit better for the sake of visual. Of course, you know, Instagram, of course, but definitely TikTok having... Just to kind of see others do the same thing that I do and like what I like cooking as well. It definitely pushed, you know, even with hashtags and just creative moments. It's, it's more of like an advancement for me to kind of see what's out there, what people like to try and what they like to eat. But definitely if I had it prior to these partnerships, oh, it'd be even better if I knew how to work it thin. But now I'm getting better at TikTok. I'm not the best at it, but definitely getting better.
0: Well, first of all, don't feel bad about that. I know that's something that even <laughs> I work in social media, I have to do that, you know, so
1: yeah, and it's you are not
0: on a date with the trend.
1: <laughs> it's a learning process.
2: Definitely.
0: Well, I know you had a great question about what her seasoning work with and with like the plant oh, yeah. base.
1: Yeah. I mean, a person, I really admit I am the biggest carnivore of the group and i've you know i've looked at some of the seasonings that you have provided and i guess the question i have first of all was because i'm very big on meat is there a a thing like where it would work well with like serving like you know poultry uh beef pork but also like with plant-based products like do you have a specific favorite for each seasoning
3: I do, but most of my products go well mixed together as well. So my brown sugar baby barbecue rub, perfect on all my meats. I actually made ribs like two weeks ago, perfection. And I used, and I mixed the sweet dust. I cinnamon them in sugar sweet dust with the brown sugar baby barbecue rub to kind of get that, that sweet savory mix. Cause I know, you know, with a lot of ribs, a lot of people do brown sugar by itself. Sometimes people don't and i like that that mixture with my citrus seafood seasoning. I you can you can do more than just, you know, shrimp, fish, you can do scallops, etc. but like a pot roast which is going to be great for the fall coming up. The brown sugar baby barbecue will do great well. The all purpose does well with all meats as, as well. I I'm a big mixer with all products. Okay. So even snack wise if i wanted to just make like a a ranch dip or a barbecue dip by itself, you can definitely mix each one together and get that same, that that good flavor that you're looking for with all right. meat. So it definitely doesn't have to just, the focus isn't on one specific meat like chicken. You can definitely, it's all purpose for everything. Nice, nice. And then,
0: what was the second question? Oh, you know what? I remember you, you and I were talking about going back to that one thing about not measuring and sometimes just waiting oh, yeah. to the ancestors tell us to stop so it sounds like the way that you created that even if we get a little
3: heavy-handed it's still mindful of the sodium content is that correct and that's the point you know like we we're saying we're not really just taught how to just measure our seasonings we were just told you know taste test and if it's not enough add more if it's It's too much, then just stop. So that's kind of one thing I wanted to focus on because a lot of times when you see people cooking and they're making recipes, not everyone knows specifically how much to put in or people are thinking about using measuring spoons to measure out their their product. And I want to make sure this is one of those, you grab the product and you start moving into where you don't have to think about, hey, is this too much for me for the sake of sodium intake? Can I cut back? I want you to cook how you usually cook on a regular day and know that you're still safe health wise. Oh, that's excellent.
1: And so how does that work also with uh, <clears throat> like with glycemic value and like work with people who are diabetic?
3: Oh, good question. Yes. Yeah, so that that's more it works well with it. It depends on of course what you're eating, what you would like to eat. And mm-hmm. especially like sugar, you know, that that's another thing. I have a sweet dust and has cinnamon sugar mix. That's it's the same as well. You just use what you need to use and it's not to where I have to, you have to cut back. Okay. So it's the same for each one.
0: Now you have five flavors in your spice blend, is that correct?
3: Yes. My okay. purpose, the bar- brown sugar baby barbecue rub, Cajun, extra seafood seasoning, and a cinnamon sugar sweet dust. Nice. Do you have a favorite? All of them but my most common that I use this week I'm gonna say is my occasion I think it depends on the week there's times when I like to mix both there's times where it's just like oh this you know this is a one it could I think it just kind of depends on what I'm cooking I love all of them so I can't I can't I'm a little bias
1: I okay. can't it so it's kind of like you don't have a favorite kid
3: <laughs> yes definitely don't have a favorite kid because I, I use both of the kids at the same time for the purpose.
1: Okay. So within that, like, you know, like your baseline, whatever, like, do you have any plans to like expand to like more flavors or spices?
3: Absolutely. That, that is actually a dream. I would like to have, you know, of course get, if I do do a salt, make sure it's a certain type of salt. Or if I do a black pepper, I do want like a basics line, like the everyday, like a parsley or, or garlic by itself. I definitely want to kind of be a household brand. To have each one, I know that's going to take time, but that's definitely something I've been thinking about possibly implementing. But I definitely want to kind of start with pushing the product that I have out now, and kind of get them to get a feel for what I have now, and then advance.
1: Okay, so I guess I'm going to ask one of my like a selfish question for myself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> More than when you volunteered. <laughs> The 18th, wow! I still have you on my Christmas list, so I'm ready for the next one.
1: <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm ready for this. No, <laughs> one of the things that I, as a person, as you recognizes, I have a family that's in Texas, and one of the things they love to make is Texas flavored food, especially briskets, right? And as yeah. a person, who, like really is starting to really grind up into bis- brisket. One of the things is like, do you have a specific type of flavoring that you would use for a certain like cut of brisket
3: I would mix the brown sugar baby and the all-purpose Okay. for brisket I would do the brown sugar baby and the sweet dust with like ribs nice that's yeah that would be my go-to choice especially with brisket like you said it is based Texas that's for sure there's no question about it but sometimes with brisket like that flavor on its own is just well even the most simple seasoning on it, it would, it would be just fine even with or without because that's how good brisket is, if, especially if you cook it right.
1: And that's huge for me because, you know, I like to do my brisket in such a way where I don't need any barbecue sauce. Right. Like you want the dry rub to be so good that barbecue sauce is just something you put on for like day two or three.
3: For fun. At this for fun
1: <laughs> Exactly.
3: That's when you're pulling out the bread, and you just want to just add a little meat to it for a sandwich. But the first day, you're eating it straight out, no bread, no nothing, not even a pickle, just brisket. <laughs> and trust me, he takes his brisket seriously. So. Oh, see, now you got to send some to me. I need to be on the Christmas list. You, you got <laughs> a shake of dry food with dry ice? I will test it.
1: I'll put it in the work.
3: <laughs> so one thing I do
0: want to make sure that we touch base on is that. You are really focused on not only producing a product, but a product with a purpose. And I know that you have a partnership with No Kid Hungry.
3: Can you tell us more about that? Technically not a partnership. I can't really say that. Definitely. I'm raising funds for them. That's for sure. I started three months ago and that's something so big on service. I would like to have my own nonprofit one day. That is a dream of mine. And I want to make sure that with with access to food, which a lot of people don't have access, the purpose of that was to, you know, feed kids. And that was one of the things I want to make sure I implement. So of course, me loving cooking and me focusing on health aspects, there are children who lack meals daily that we're not aware of. So that was something that was close to my heart that I wanted to be a part of. So I definitely raise funds for them as much as I can. I definitely want to get active in other nonprofits as possible to kind of give back. And that would be something to, to make aware of. A lot of times you don't know about these companies or these nonprofits that are transpiring. So it's definitely to, as a small business, to a stepping stone is to start there. A lot of people feel like, you know, I'm a small business. I'm, you know, I'm only making a little bit. And it's just like, just a little bit does enough. And that's how I want to start. And that's great for networking because, of course, me wanting to have a nonprofit learning and meeting people that do run those things could help me benefit. That's something I would like to do. Children's give back school, give back one day. I definitely I've done Thanksgiving to where I've cooked for Thanksgiving every, every year. That's something I want to focus on as well as well as Christmas and just giving back in food. But not only just giving back food, but giving back healthy food and educating those to those who don't have access. So when I say service, it's not to the point of, you know, we have to pay for everything to learn things or you may not have access to healthcare wise to know these things. I want to do my best to give it genuinely free. Or just give back an S as a whole and be the person that can speak out for a small business and say, "Hey, we can't do something," whether it be financially or just just service alone, just your time. That is the focus that I want to implement. So, with No Kid Hungry, that definitely put me in a position to learn a little bit more and be involved in the smallest way possible. So I can one day partner with someone and interact and learn. Right.
0: And you know what? I'm so excited to hear that. I know that. For us personally, we have like a little giving arm of the gourmet goober through the production company that we have called Plum Good Media. So we have Plum Good Giving and we give any portion of our profits. We like to share that with other organizations and particularly with the problem of food insecurity. It's a huge problem, especially in the Chicagoland area. Um, There are certain areas of the city that really struggle with food deserts and food insecurity. So right. No Kid Hungry is one of the organizations that's sort of a passion for the two of us. As a result, I—I I, just to tell you a little bit about myself, I used to work in nonprofits, primarily in development and fundraising and grant writing. So I know, having been in those organizations, how important even the smallest donations can really be so I'm just really super excited to hear that that's something as you grow, spice it up, that it's going to be an essential part of your your branding.
3: That's amazing. See, you just never know who you talk to sometimes. It, you could be saying the right thing and someone may just know. And that's, you know, having these types of conversations and podcasts and other businesses and brands like you, you can connect and have the same passion for what you're trying to do. And it's not just, you know, have a business, just say to have a business definitely leave something behind or to be an example for the future. That's amazing. Exactly. So we will definitely have to connect even after the fact, keep each other on Absolutely. each other's holiday list. Absolutely. I, I, right. I have to make sure I get the right gift wrapping for tea because I want to make sure it's correct. And the product is perfect when I'm ready to release a new one. Well, that is true. And you know, you,
0: you, you have definitely made our gumbo worthy list. <laughs>
3: Thank you. <laughs> I cannot make gumbo to save my life. That's probably the one thing I can't do.
0: <laughs> so if we all, if we ever connect, just know my great-grandmother, Ed- 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 Edeline's chicken and andouille gumbo, you get a cup of that.
3: <laughs> oh, you see, now we're sharing and caring. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, all I ask is that somebody, <laughs> somebody make me some gumbo. That's all been waiting and waiting. And I mean, yeah. seasoning.
3: You see how he's pleading on air for you to make the gumbo. So now that you you have to make it. Like, you have to.
1: Yes, I've been searching for this gumbo for a while.
3: And (laughs) I know I need to have have all the
0: ingredients because I can't make it, for example, without okra and I've had difficulty finding okra, so.
1: What more do you want from (laughs) me? Is
3: coming with excuses? I'm trying to help you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Do
3: not encourage him. Try not to. I'm so sorry. It's definitely that season. It's that time. We need to <laughs> definitely start pushing these gumbo thoughts. <laughs> I went to the grocery and I actually I had I smelled crawfish. I said, "Now wait a minute. Oh, is it that time again? Or maybe I'm just I'm needing something Cajun. Maybe
0: now you and I are going to have to hang out because my husband gets frightened when I get around crawfish because I. I go a little deep with
3: these. Just a little deep. I mean, get a little messy. You don't know who you are after the fact. You're wiping, exactly. you're wiping your chin. You're like, "What is this? What did it's I, I do? do?" She gets me. She gets me.
1: Yes, yeah, so allegedly. Bring <laughs> a
3: how w- to crawl fish in.
1: Yeah, my wife has broken down a papadose before.
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs> we're not going to share that. On- we're online. not going to share that. We'll talk about that privately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: just want to say, oh my gosh, it was such a pleasure getting to know you and bringing you on the show. And we close out every segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast with something that we call the best thing we ate this week. And just to explain, it could be from a restaurant, it could be from a food truck, it could be a recipe that you make or, you know, someone else that you love makes. The whole idea is that. We want to show love to the culinary process in the case of it's a restaurant or a food truck or any of those spaces like a hole in the wall dive bar that you love an appetizer, for example. We want to show these areas some love because we know that for many of these locations, they've been really hard hit by things like the pandemic, by inflation, by other things that are hitting an already challenged space that is the restaurant system. But then outside of that, if it's something that you make personally, we want to be able to share that with our listeners as well. So as our guests, we're inviting you <laughs> to share, what is the best thing that you've had
3: recently? That's so selfish because I definitely made this twice, but I definitely wanted to share it because it it's been really good. My Cajun corn on the cob. I know that sounds super amazing, but it was probably the most flavorful thing I had. But I like to, I like the corn that you pick and you peel, right? Corn, and then you put, of course, olive oil, my spiced up by Dominique Cajun seasoning, butter, wrap it in foil, put it in the oven for three fifty. Take it out, add a little parsley. Want to tell you the most perfect oven baked corn you've ever had. I've made it twice oh recently. God. And that's the issue. I've made it twice. Usually <laughs> I think I want something that one time and I'll wait maybe a month or so or a few weeks, but this was a back-to-back thing. And I said, no, this is a game changer for sure. That's definitely a meal I would definitely want to share. Cause a lot of time, you know, we're just doing the corn and, you know, the simple stuff butter or, or whatever people garlic, whatever they want to use. But this one, the the peel corn on the cob and really wrap it in foil and just let it cook in that foil, that moisture, perfection, instead of doing the boil in a pot. Put it in. The-
0: you know what? I can appreciate that. I'm I was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. Like literally my junior high, no joke, was in the middle of a cornfield. I tell people wow. that all the time. So I can appreciate the the beauty of baked corn on the cob as it is, and then it sounds like adding that extra seasoning and spices.
3: It's deceptively simple, but it sounds like it's a really
0: complex and really good thing to eat.
3: Yes, definitely something quick, so like a great side dish. A lot of times, you know, we struggle trying to find side dishes or something different. But even if you do have the basics, just sometimes adding that extra kick, that flavor, can kind of change the whole meal. All right. Fantastic.
0: Well,
1: Well, let me ask like just one last question. Like would that recipe work well with like on the grill or in a smoker?
3: Yes. You know what? Since you do like to grill, definitely. Do you like to put fruit on your grill? I do. So if you ever making like any type of barbecue, if you have pineapple sliced, like those circle slice, use, if you can, use my sweet dust cinnamon sugar mix on the pineapple and then grill the pineapple with the food. Or if you do, some people like to cook their salmon on the grill. If you do lemons and oranges, put the citrus seafood on the, fr- on the fruit itself and grill it like that. That's one thing I definitely like to do. But grill-wise, all products work perfectly. Okay. Nice. I like it. Very good. And of course, that's going to be
0: your thing because even though I love to cook, you don't want me anywhere near a grill.
3: <laughs> See, that's not my lane. I, I'm an oven person, so I get it. I'll, I'll say right off the way because I'll blow something up.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so with that in mind, next time you rip out the grill, I'm going to have to
3: try that. That sounds really great. Yes. Actually, one customer actually told me about that. They sent me but she's like, you know, we put pineapples on the grill with it and it was perfect. I said, Oh, now I have to try it. So I definitely learn a lot from my customers and it's definitely appreciative because there's things I don't always think about or always like I don't grill much. So after trying it, I said, Yeah, this was definitely something great. So a lot of times it's mostly a lot of my customers, which I consider my family is what shows me a lot of things. So I'm like, oh, next time I'm trying that.
0: Well, Awesome. Well, Dominique, it was such a joy getting to know you. Where can our listeners find you on social media and can get your products online? We yes, just want to all of that's out there.
3: You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Spiced Up by Dominique. You can shop a product on Spiced Up by as well as Walmart online, Spiced Up by Dominique, and Amazon online, Spiced Up by Dominique.
0: And Dominique, I just want to make sure because I work in marketing and and branding, so I want to make sure I get it correct. And please forgive me because I think I accidentally added the it. So it's spiced <laughs> up by Dominique. Yes, That's correct. Okay, great. And I just want to thank you for <laughs> joining us on the show. And certainly thank you for giving me that grace and making sure that I get it right because we want you to be as blessed with new list, new listeners, new followers, new customers. um, So that way you can live your purpose, not only with your business, but certainly with your plan of
3: giving as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed myself. Great talking to you. Probably great podcast in general, just a good flow and that we connected and we knew people in different states and different foods. I'm on your Christmas list. You're on mine. This was perfect. Thank you. In fact, every one of our listener or every one of our
0: interviewees, we usually send them like a little thank you packet as a way of, you know, thanking them for gracing us on the show. So I'm not saying that there might be a gumbo worthy mug
3: coming your way, but there might be one coming your way. I'm coughing on the inside. Just just so you know, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> on the inside, I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you guys, you you heard it here
0: check it out spice up by damn many. definitely get that and we will be looking forward to meeting with you in the meantime i'm jj outlaw
1: hi i'm t outlaw again
0: you can find me on twitter as of right now because as we talked about twitter's kind of a dumpster fire but <laughs> you have to follow me i'm at jj outlaw. i'm a gourmet goober on instagram t outlaw where can they find you as we wrap it up
1: once again on twitter slash x I am just Tiala and on Instagram at Tiala Josie Wells.
0: You can always find back recipes and we're sharing that recipe, by the way, on our website. So it's just so you know, <laughs> go to the gourmetgooper.com, get the recipe on that spice corn. In fact, you know what? When we make it, I think I'm going to like post pictures and make sure we put on Instagram and tag you so that you can know how it comes out. Because
3: now it's like the perfect time to get the corn exactly actually i have a video on tiktok so it'd be easier so you can visually see it yes okay well we will have that link then
0: and of course you guys can always um, check it out if you want your own goober i'm sorry gumbo worthy (laughs) gumbo worthy mug you can get that at gooberswag.com in the meantime for jj dominique and i thanks for listening and to next time happy eating